0: So they could send us to the moon
1: Ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of I'm No Joe, your home for all things combat sports, and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel a any problem. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them. no one else. If we say it, that means we meant it. That being said... This show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised. Viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. If it's Thursday, it's I'm No Joe. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, a show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, I've got a glorious panel here with me to break down and get into all the shit talking and shenanigans that have fallen down the MMA trees since we saw you fine folks last. But before we get into all that fuckery, we've got afoot, first and foremost, with all the F's, how the hell are you gentlemen doing this evening?
2: Doing decent. It's been a rough week, a little bit tired, but, you know, the weekend's coming up, excited for the fights. Good to go to FAC tomorrow night, fucking UFC Bellator Saturday. The circus act on Sunday that we won't talk about here other than the circus act that I mentioned.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: doing a lot better if i wasn't sick but you know, other than that we're doing all right we'll deal
1: good deal if you don't hear much from oh. me tonight you know why <laughs> right uh apologies for uh the late start this evening uh, i had life is stepping the way a little bit uh but luckily this is going to be a fairly light episode we don't really have a whole lot to look forward to and in- based on the caliber of fights again this weekend, much like last weekend, I can't in good conscience have anyone put their pit win loss ratio on the line to try and justify making people watch the bullshit we've got this weekend. So we're going to pick out the nice gems and cherries for you as it were. But before we get into that, as we like to do around here to kick things off, we're going to get into a little bit of news and recent events. Um, first and foremost here, um Again, we're, we're not doing recaps this season, uh, but I do want to touch on two little important news factors from last weekend that have kind of gotten swept under the rug a little bit, as it were, throughout the course of this week. Um, the first one, uh, Jessica Andrade is now legitimately blaming her loss on her titty popping out when Aaron Blanchfield tried to take her down. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. She is legitimately saying that when Aaron Blanchfield went in for the takedown that ultimately led to the submission that ended the match, that her shoulder pulled Jessica's shirt completely up, let her whole titty pop out. And in reaching to grab the top and pull it back down over her titty, which for the record is also her own fault for not wearing the fucking rash guard that comes with the sports bra that she wore out there, but that's aside. Uh, in reaching to grab and pull the top back down. That's when Blanchfield was able to lock in and secure that choke. So a, bullshit as a thorough mma journalist i can assure you i have gone back and watched said footage of this exact point in the fight many many times in scrutinizing detail and i can tell you there may have been i'm not saying there wasn't there may have been a little under boob revealage But there was in no way, shape, or form a full titty exposure, let alone a full titty exposure, followed by an immediate hand grab to remove said titty exposure that resulted in the choke. Now, the other side of this is Jessica's previous extracurricular activities that she openly boasted about not only paid for herself, but also her parents a new home based on those funds uh from said adventures and like i've said before i'm not gonna shame anybody for what they do to get that money but you can't tell me that it's okay in one circumstance for money and then in another circumstance not okay and completely distracting and led to you losing a fight that just there's too much there that doesn't add up. So uh, I absolutely encourage everyone else to go back and do your own research. It, it is definitely something that you should be able to speak from your own experience on if you're going to talk about it, I feel. But uh, yeah, the the evidence, in my opinion, does not support the claim. Uh, now, on the other side of that proverbial coin, as it were, um, there is a claim from last weekend that I can't say... This one's a little tougher. I I can't in good conscience say that it has no merit because there is, to coin a Star Wars phrase, from a certain point of view, a bit of a story there. Uh, Diego Sanchez in his fucking abysmal match against Austin Trout, um, excuse me, is now ultimately appealing the loss to the athletic commission over claims that Austin Trout's corner was greasing and the base for his claim here is genuine footage from the broadcast itself where the cut man, not Austin Trout's corner, the cut man, man bun, by the way, who we can verify is one of the best in the business uh, is putting grease along the eyebrows of Austin Trout puts a little bit along his cheeks and then with that same hand takes the bag of ice and runs it along the back of his neck and up over his head and down across his shoulders. You don't see grease get smeared across his back and neck, but Diego is saying that because he publicly said before the fight, part of his game plan was to utilize the clench and to take Austin Trout where he wasn't used to going and get his clench work as his main weapon, that this is a clear example of him being cheated and that greasing was involved. And it's it's another one of those that I, I absolutely encourage you to go watch the videos because aside from Diego, there are several other media outlets who have cut and cropped that exact moment that Diego was talking about I agree. It is a bit of a controversial thing and I can see why Diego in this situation would be trying to use that to file an appeal. But in all reality, that's that's not what it is. And anybody watching that clip, even just two or three times so you can actually get a genuine good look at it will know that is not them trying to grease Austin Trout in any way, shape or form and it just it it makes you kind of feel a little bit more i don't know apathetic i think would be the best term towards diego sanchez than we already did because uh, look i i get that he is trying to say that he has no mental deterioration and that he has been checked and blah 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 and i hope i fucking hope against hope that he is telling the truth and that that is the case but as someone who has literally watched his entire career i i tend to not agree based on the evidence we are presented even up until and including last weekend um obviously it's going to be up to the uh, new mexico state athletic commission to to give the ultimate say in this but man it the whole situation just it's fucked it's fucked it's not good that being said um we do have some actual forthcoming fight announcements that are pretty fucking interesting i would say even for such a short news week like we've got this week um the first one Uh, it makes me very happy because not that they're ignoring it, but it's still a little bit far out from what we've got in front of us right now, but they are adding more fights going forward on the UFC roster, starting to kick out towards the summer. And the first big one that they announced this last weekend was for UFC Kansas city, April 15th, uh, Tanner Bozer making his light heavyweight debut against Ian Kutalaba. I think that is a very, very interesting fucking fight because Tanner Boser was always a super thick boy at heavyweight, but not quite the actual like upper end of the 265 big dudes. He was just kind of a thicker dude that fought in heavyweight because there is no middle range in the top end of the UFC, which is fucking stupid, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but it looks like now he has got his nutrition and his his coaching staff and his weight training program dialed in such that he is able to make and sustain 205 consistently and, and sufficiently enough that he's gonna come in and take on. I'm I'm not gonna call Ian Kutalaba a fucking world breaker, but he is. A top 15 contender and he's been stamped there for a solid minute now he's not gonna grab the belt anytime fucking soon but he's also beating the shit out of all the fucking new up-and-comers they throw at him as well so he is a fairly capable individual maybe not championship caliber but still very fucking capable and for a dude making his first fourier down from heavyweight into light heavyweight territory it's a very interesting matchup in my opinion and if the MMA gods should fucking smile upon us enough to where we can actually get to talk about this shit live from the T-Mobile center in fucking Kansas city, boy, you better believe I'm going to be way more excited about it. But for right now, interesting matchup. <laughs> uh I don't want to say it was the, the biggest announcement of the week, but one of the undeniably biggest announcements in the MMA world came out this week. Uh, UFC 286, uh, again, location TBD still, but May 6th has probably one of the most crucial divisional matchups we have seen in a long fucking time added to it now in the form of one... Charlie Olives himself, Charles Dubronx Oliveira, taking on the literal perennial fucking title challenger, Benil Dariush. Um, Not only is that a great fucking stylistic matchup, that is legitimately the former title holder versus the man who has spent the majority of his career as the title challenger, never quite getting that shine. Uh, To coin a phrase, always the bridesmaid, never the bride in a very literal fucking sense in this case. Um, And I kind of feel like this is the UFC basically getting the best of both worlds because if Oliveira beats him, they don't ever have to consider Darius for anything ever again. And they can just ride him out till his contract's done or till he quits. And then that puts Oliveira right back in the mix to go right back after the belt. And on the other side of that, if he turns around and beats Oliveira, that solidifies that you can't overlook Dariush anymore and also gives the UFC a reason to kind of stop putting the spotlight on Charles Oliveira and kind of let him fade back into the divisional rankings and start making a little more lower ranked matchups for him as well. So the UFC is getting their bread buttered either way this fight shakes loose, but the bottom line is that this is a fucking great matchup at the end of the day, no matter how it shakes out. So May 6th card is definitely getting fucking heated up now. Um the following week, again, as of now, location TBD, uh, May 13th card gave us a pair of interesting announcements, I'll call them. Um, the first one, uh possibly at least in recent memory, the longest notice fight we have seen for Angela Hill taking on the returning Mackenzie Derp, I mean, Dern, uh, May 13th, that's three full months away. Like that's a legitimate, genuine, bona fide camp for Angela Hill. I'm almost curious to see if she remembers how to do those. She's been taking so many fucking short notice fights for so long in a row. It's going to be very interesting to see what angela hill with a bona fide full fucking camp can do especially against somebody who is capable like mckenzie um this again is another one of those i think the usc is getting their bread buttered on both sides here because if angie wins they don't have to push mckenzie anymore and on the other side of that if mckenzie wins she's back to getting the push and it gives them more reason to knock angie all the way down to the bottom of the fucking stack and make her only fight contenders until her contract's out
2: yeah, uh, this was the worst news of the week in my opinion because I absolutely hate Angela fucking Hill. <laughs> I <laughs> wish she was already cut by the UFC a long time ago. 15 and 12. The yeah, uh, fucking worst goddamn right voice in the world. The horrible fucking personality. I'm sure she's a sweet person, but good God, I hate it. Hate it. And then you get this news. It's like she wins this fight. She's actually getting close to a contendership. T- but no. No, this made me want to vomit. I hope Mackenzie Dern wins, and she's not even that great. Yeah. So I'm worried. I'm worried about this. I don't. I'm not that excited. I don't think it's going to be a good fight. And man, I'm going to hate life. If Hill <laughs> yeah, wins it's, this fight.
1: It's it's not not exciting, but it is interesting. That's that's what I said. It is an interesting announcement.
0: <laughs> well, I can't say interesting. The worst part is. It has, it there's no win situation there. I've not, not for wanted us. Angela Hill to stay in, but I really dislike Mackenzie Dern. So I'm almost forced to root for fucking Angela Hill in this case because I just don't like Mackenzie Dern, period. That's,
1: um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. As much as I fucking hate to do it, I would much rather root for Angela Hill for one fight than have to see Mackenzie Dern for two more. So. <laughs> it's 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 definitely a choose your fucking poison kind of situation but yeah no it it is interesting but the other pair the other part of the pair live words sometimes uh that they announced for that may 13th card is the more interesting of the two in my opinion uh gilton almeida just steamrolling through anyone they set in front of him now gets his next target in the form of Biggie Boy himself, Jairzinho Rosenstroke. So, as a man who has been to the top of the fucking mountain himself and couldn't quite wrap his hands around that golden strap, if Jaltanel made a make short work of fucking Jairzinho like he has pretty much everyone else they have let loose in front of him it's going to be a very short fucking list of people they can put in front of him again, before they have to start talking about that fucking contendership for him. And he legitimately has earned it no matter what the odds, no matter how short a notice he has made fucking mincemeat out of everyone that they have put in front of him. So I am very, very curious to see how Almeida will play out against bona bonafide full size heavyweight, like Jairzinho Rosenstreich here. But Hi damn. That's an interesting fucking matchup. (laughs) (sighs) So uh, that'll bring us to the uh, not fight announcements, but actual genuine news part of this segment here. Uh, And uh, spoiler alert, none of them are fun. So don't get your hopes up here. Uh, First and foremost, um, for... Or impacting, I guess I should say, the new light, uh, lightweight Grand Prix taking place over in Bellator, starting at Bellator 298, March 10th. Uh, Sydney Outlaw is officially out of the tournament, uh, and as a silver lining, Brent Primus is back in the tournament that he was so vocal that he should have been included in to begin with um Sydney outlaw has failed not one not two but three fucking times in multiple different samples to confirm he or I guess I should say he tested positive for three different banned substances in multiple different test samples to confirm that they are all three in fact banned substances and in multiple samples here uh he has been suspended for two years as of right now and will not be eligible to fight until august of 2024 retroactive to when the first time they caught the sample was but brett primus is officially now in the tournament they wait for no man obviously um, so it's going to be interesting to see if Sydney Outlaw still has an opportunity to come back after a fucking long, hard fucking layoff like that. Um, hopefully not, but sometimes uh, times get tough. So we'll, we'll see how that one shakes loose. But a triple offender, go fuck yourself all the way off. That's a little fucking much. Um, The UFC did a little house cleaning this last week Um, after UFC Vegas 69. Nice. uh, There were a pair of folks that um, I guess, technically speaking, can't say were cut. They both finished out their contracts and are no longer on the UFC roster. Um, Both fighters still have the option to be re-signed by the UFC, but there have been no indications that such a thing is on the horizon for either of them. Um, William Knight, after what he himself called uh, the worst off night of his career, got himself walking papers for it. And Jordan Knight, the Beverly Hills ninja himself, is officially back on to Beverly Hills to practice his ninjutsu because he is no longer employed by the UFC as well. Uh, neither one are going to be incredible losses in my opinion to the UFC. The sad part is that there was one more fighter after last weekend who is no longer in the UFC, but not because of their contract being up. Um, we got official confirmation this week that after the loss last week to Myra Buena Silva that elbow queen herself Lena Landsberg has officially decided to retire Um, that sucks because I really fucking like Lena Landsberg and thought that fight was a little fucking weird from the jump but I get it she said she's tired she's I believe she's 42 years old now like She's still kicking ass and taking names with the young gals, but I understand that that's not as easy to do anymore once you start getting up past the prime. And unfortunately it seems like Lena Landsberg was there. So again, I would much rather see a fighter go out on their own terms, capable of forming full sentences and making themselves some type of other incremental, uh, excuse me, supplemental income than going out where they can't tie their shoes and form complete sentences. So uh, tip of the cab to Lena Landsberg. Thank you again for everything you have done. She is one of those ladies who has been around since back in the day, kicking ass and taking names, helping to make the sport and specifically women's MMA as big as what it is today. So thank you, Lena, and obviously hope she has a wonderful fucking uh, post fight career. Lastly, and unfortunately, still repetitively part of the news cycle, thanks to a lack of testicular fortitude by anyone involved in WME. Dana White, once again, has successfully made it through another week, acquiring zero punishment for multiple times, slapping his wife on New Year's Eve down in Cabo San Lucas. Uh, They still continue to push the power slap league on television and can try to convince people that that is a thing despite everyone in every post about it telling them that no one fucking wants this uh the one thing that people do want is Dana White held accountable for his fucking actions I'm not saying he has to be fired I'm not saying he has to be ruined I'm saying he needs to be held accountable for his actions and as of yet He still has not been. So unfortunately, until such time as someone actually makes him pay some type of accountability for that action, we're going to talk about it again every week. And even if we're the only ones, so fucking be it. So that being said, unfortunate as it is, is what I've got for news this particular week. Either one of you gentlemen have anything that I might have missed in the news time this go around.
2: I'm surprised that you didn't mention the one fight announced with Curtis Blades and Sergey Pavlovich.
1: Did we not talk about that last week?
2: Oh, I think they just announced it this week. (laughs)
1: Like,
2: it was just a few days ago, I think, it came out. But I was excited for that April 22nd. I guess that's the main event, And then another fight that I'm excited for, you know, fucking jackass Anthony Hernandez getting the win over Jim Miller last week. He's already signed up for another fight, but I'm excited for it because he's going to get punished like he should. Because he's facing Edmund Shabazi May 20th. Nice. <laughs> so Edmund's going to punish him up real good. And then a little little good piece of news, I saw Ray Borg got signed a bellator i always liked Ray Borg. So it's, it's cool. i yeah. see him fight for Bellator. I've been watching more Bellator recently. I've always I liked yeah, Ray Borg, Borg too. He's part yeah, of yeah. one of the
0: best highlights in the fucking world. A take down to Flying
1: Armbar. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, he's on the receiving end of that fucking highlight and it's definitely haunted him a little bit for uh, Demetrius just being a fucking badass that he is. But, no, I agree. Ray Borg... Aside from being a fucking badass fighter, I encourage anyone who doesn't know when this show is over, I'm not kidding. Take 30 seconds. Just go read Ray Borg's Wikipedia. You don't even need to do a deep dive. Just glance at his Wikipedia. Look at the personal section. Don't look at his fight career. Just look at his personal section and look at what this fucking man has been through in the last couple years and despite all of that, maintained a fucking top level fighting career. It's hard not to be a Ray Borg fan when you spend just a moment to learn a little bit about him. <sighs> that fucking dude, that fucking dude. Okay. Well, if that is what we have got for news and recent events, that will bring us to the point where it painful though it may be it it, honesty is the best policy as it were and sometimes when you've been watching fights as long as some of us have you get a little set in your ways and when you've been watching fights a certain way that's how you watch fights and that's how you watch fighters and that's how you look for things and unfortunately that can get you set in your ways um developing fight analysis blinders if you will and some of us old farts definitely have some of those blinders and the bad part is that that keeps us from learning about some of the newer up-and-comer folks because that's just not what we're used to doing but luckily for us old farts we've got ourselves a bona fide young person here to help us keep in touch with the up-and-coming folks in a segment we like to call slows cans and contenders if you would sir all
2: right so We heard a little bit about it this week. You know, John Anik posted about it. I saw Mike Heck did a little bit on it, you know, did a little interview and a podcast about Dustin Lampros. So I wanted to start my segment off, just touch on local guy, you know, from St. Louis, Missouri, born and raised, moved down to South Florida now. He's training at Killcliffe MMA, Uh, 8 0 as a professional fighter. The reigning featherweight champion of Shamrock FC, won the belt last July, was on the Ultimate Fighter Season 29, Team Volkanovski, lost the first fight, you know, going into that season. It's an exhibition, right? So it doesn't count on the professional record. He's still considered undefeated, but he, he has said that that loss a couple of years ago humbled him. He was a lot cockier, and he's won his last few fights since then. Definitely looking forward to this, you know, young guy from Missouri going forward in his professional MMA career, but had to just touch on the fact that he's a hell of a fucking dude, stand-up fucking person, outside of his MMA career, his dreams of trying to get to the UFC still, because in his free time, he's fighting the creepy fucks that prey on children. Not just trying to put creepy old fuckers that want to, you know, try to sexualize a kid or traumatize a kid for life, you know. Not just put them behind bars, but embarrass the hell out of them. Shame them. Making YouTube videos, getting them to do some push-ups, admit what the fuck they're doing, just absolutely make them look like a fool and just kind of kill time and waste time till the cops show up. And hopefully, you know, obviously, shit can go awry. You know, I was talking to meter earlier on in the week, and we've seen instances of shit not going good for people. Because um, laws are fucked up. Situations in the world are still fucked up. And I think we all know why. We know a lot of rich people, people in power and government, like them some little kids too. It's a fucked world we live in. So I just had to put that out to me. Hope everything goes good for Dustin. Hope to see him fucking make his dream come true, go to the UFC, succeed in his fighting career, but glad to see him trying to make some real change in the world and hope he doesn't see any negative repercussions from doing something that's amazing. In my eyes, you know, I think a lot of people's eyes. So, throw that out there to start. And then we got FAC 18 here in Kansas City going down tomorrow night. We got some exciting young guys. The one amateur that I'm excited about, Anthony Daley, he lost his last fight at the end of the year. So, I want to see how he bounces back. Is a two and one amateur now losing your first fight? Do you bounce? Or do you take another loss? You become more of the average fighter instead of an amateur prospect that we're looking at, right? You know, we've got, I can't remember the guy's name. That's my bad, right? But I remember we've got a guy that is a fantastic amateur. He's moving up to pro to make his pro debut on the card. A couple other exciting fights, just local guys. Is The pro aspect, we got Alan Olivas coming back. We got to see him last October. 6-2 and two pro, might be stepping his way towards the UFC soon. We might see him on the Contender Series later this summer. If he gets another good win, another big finish, we're up to 7-2. and two. This guy's got really good jujitsu and actually looking good on the feet, so we're excited to see him again. And then, obviously, we've got Zach Scrogan. He lost his last fight at the end of the year again. He was an undefeated, lightweight, uh, coming in at 6-0. and Took a tough loss. Now he's moving back up to welterweight. He's fought at welterweight a few times. He's 3-0 and at that weight class. He's going back up there just to try to keep that run going, I guess, an undefeated streak. And it'll be 4-0 and if he gets a win. He's fighting at a... Tough journeyman kind of fighter, and Jeremiah Kurtwright has good finishing potential. So this is going to be an exciting fight. It's going to be the the co-main event. The main event, we were supposed to get Marshall Kemp. Really good guy on the ground. Another exciting hometown guy. He had to pull out of the fight. We're getting Manuel Maderos replacing him facing Tracy Reader. That's the main event on the card. Another exciting guy we might see in the UFC soon, though, Nicholas Mick. Coming out of Glory MMA. As far as I know, he's still training at Glory. I know that's not going to get you in the UFC. You're going to have to move to gyms. Even if everything's moved on from a crash situation, I still don't think they're uh, moving past the Glory MMA thing. But he's a 4-0 professional. All four wins come by finish, so we'll see how he does again. This is going to be an exciting fucking card. Move on to the USC side of things, though. In my week's Cans and Contenders. Start with the Cans. I got I got three of them. Yeah, and they're pretty easy this week. The big ones. A fight in itself. Couldn't give you just the one. Augusto Sakai versus Don colley They're both absolute Cans. Probably one of the worst fights on the entire card. You know, Augusto Sakai's lost his past four fights by finish. And Don Tully Mays is 2-2 two and two in the UFC. And he's really just a grappler. There's nothing much exciting about him. Uh, we're not excited for that fight. We're going to throw them both in the can category for the week. And we got Jasmine Jazdavisius. Um, she's coming in against an 8-1 girl debuting she's got a good bit of finishing potential won her last few fights in the lfa We you know there's a lot of good tough ladies coming up in the lfa um jaz hasn't looked good in her first two fights she got her first win over Kay hansen but lost to natalia silver in her last fight just hasn't shown much Not, nothing special i feel like she might get smoked by a chick making her debut, and that's really not going to look good, so we're throwing her in the can category for this week, and I got Jordan Levin, because I mean, Patty Pimblett lost his last fight to Jared Gordon, and there's nothing special about that fucking clown, and you you get kneed in the face, and then choked out by Patty Pimblett, and I just lose a lot of respect for you, because all you got is your grappling and ground game. So we don't even know if he's going to be able to get the win against another debuting Victor Martinez got some decent finishing potential some good striking if he keeps it up on the feet jordan levitt's going to have another tough time throwing him in the can category for the contenders of the week start off honorable mention for narulel Aliyev, um 23 year old 8 no so we're throwing an honorable mention out for that fact but most of his wins come by decision he's got two finishes um it's cool to be good at grappling and wrestling, but if you're not working for a finish, if you're not fighting, me being a fight fan, I don't care to see it. I don't watch wrestling, whether it's WWE or professional wrestling. I I don't watch college wrestling much. I don't watch a ton of jiu-jitsu. High end maybe some, you know, some fun grappling matches, but I'm not into the grappling as much as I am Grum and beating the shit out of each other. So you're not fully a contender until you start getting some finishes. We'll see how that kid does. Victor Martinez. I'm going to throw him in the contenders this week. Mainly because I think he's going to knock out Jordan Levin. So that'll throw him. on We'll see how he does. So you have a good debut, we'll see how you go from there. You got uh, Trevor Peak. I feel like a true contender. 28-year-old Midwestern. You know, I always like anything near local guys from Alabama, man, 7-0, and and all seven wins by knockout TKO. When do you see that? You see a lot of guys coming up that have a little bit of a win streak or they're undefeated. They win all of them by finish, but all of them by knockout TKO. This guy's just got power. He just goes in there, wants to get into a fight. That's what we fucking love. He goes in there and gets a knockout to start his UFC career. They're on the right track, buddy. So we're going to throw him in the contender spot, see how he does. Mike Malott, he already showed us in his debut. Good shit. Knockout, Mickey Gall. Uh, it's been a bit of a layoff. Hasn't fought since April when he made his debut. So don't know what that's about. But I'm excited to see Mike Malott back. And this is an exciting fight. Uh, I mean, he's going against Johan Leonese, you know, 9-1. and one. Another exciting guy. Canadian on Canadian violence. So we'll see how he does. And Charles Johnson, another hometown guy. Gotta throw that out there. From St. fucking Louis. Uh, got the finish in his last fight against Jimmy Flick. I thought it was a little bit of an early stoppage, but he still did show He's got some ability. He only lost to Muhammad Makaya in his USC debut. Everybody's high on that kid as a young prospect. So I'm excited about Charles Johnson fighting O'Day Osborne. We've seen O'Day get knocked out by Manel Cop. So as exciting as O'Day is, has that finishing potential. He can get finished. So if Charles Johnson goes out there and gets this win, he might be in the top 15. Definitely a contender at this point. Let's see how he does this week then. That's my shit. You guys have your own can or contender before we close it out.
1: I got a can and a contender here. Um, I would say, and I might be in the minority here of fans, and I don't give a fuck because I stand firmly in this camp. Uh, my can for this week is Tatiana Suarez. Tatiana Suarez. She was not that fucking good before she took two and a half years off for multiple neck surgeries. I don't think she's going to be that good now based on the videos that she's put out on social media. Uh, I know that Montana De La Rosa is not a world beater, but she has steadily improved over what we've seen in her UFC career, and I don't think Tatiana Suarez is anything to be fucking feared despite the bullshit hype that they're trying to put on her.
2: Um, I I somewhat agree. I mean, I did write down in my notes to have her in the contenders section, but I didn't actually mention it
1: before (laughs) I got
2: to asking you guys about it. Not because I don't fully believe it. It's just too much time's passed at this point. Her being 32 years old, about a four-year layoff, and we don't know what we're going to get out of her. And even if she goes out and smokes De La Rosa, it's nothing special. Yep. So, it just I can't throw her back in the contender section until she actually gets back into fighting somebody near the top five and shows us something special again. Yep, that's how I feel I about agree. that. I agree. So I I wouldn't you know, put her in the other... can, but I kind of agree with you. It's oh, like yeah, would, a wait and see. She's in. She's in purgatory for me. I,
1: yeah, no, in my, in my opinion, she's in the can section until she gives me a fucking valid reason to remove it from the can section. So yeah, she, she's firmly on that side for me and the column confirmed. Uh, And then on the other side of that, um, I can because it's probably the only other one that you didn't mention in your spiel, the other Missouri boy fighting on the goddamn card this weekend, Garrett Armfield coming back in after his fucking amazing debut on short notice against the other Kansas city boy, David Onama, which was a great fucking fight and fight of the night in my fucking opinion, when they made that fucking shake loose. So It's been a little while, but we finally get Garrett Armfield back in here to finally show what he is legitimately capable of. And I've got to put that motherfucker in my contender column because just based off of what he showed against Onama in that short notice fight alone should give people a damn good idea of what you're in for coming up. But if you dig just the tiniest bit below the surface on Garrett Armfield and look into what that man is capable of, that dude is a fucking whirlwind coming for the UFC. And I am fucking here to watch it so it's it's a decent matchup in my opinion um I don't Jose think Johnson, Jose Johnson is going to be a, a fucking just seven, show up you got and get on
2: the contender series. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I I don't think it's going to be a full wanna, work, I don't but... want to yuck the yum here, as as Jed Mashu yeah. likes to put it. Okay, so <laughs> I agree fully, one hundred fucking percent. Would have had Armfield in the contender spot as well this week and talked about him. I'm excited as fuck for him to get back in there. He looked great against Onama in the first round. I didn't think he would actually hang with him that much because Onama beat. Him in the amateur level, right. he got him in the second round. It is what it is. I'm looking forward. I think Garrett Scott some shit. And obviously, I root for anybody from the state of Missouri, from Kansas, Midwest area. I love yeah. country boys and Midwesterners. You know, root for that hard. But I gotta yuck it up because the fight's been pulled, man. The fucking news came out today. Jose Johnson, undisclosed oh, medical shit. condition, so we don't get to see it this weekend. We gotta fucking wait for Garrett Armfield to fight.
0: The yeah, game. ironically, I'm pretty sure you're the one who sent me that um message that it was pulled. Apparently, you have had a rough day with all of your electronics. Yeah, man, <laughs> I told you I've been fighting
1: shit all day, so... Yeah, Yeah. like the
0: same time that you sent it to the
2: chat in the Discord, Vinny told me as well, like he texted me about it. I was like, son of a fucking bitch. Of all the fights, why couldn't it have been Sakai and Dontelli Mays? Come on. I'm actually man. looking at
1: the fucking UFC website. God damn it. They still haven't pulled it clearly because I'm looking at it right fucking now and was going to use it as my damn contenders. But
2: yeah, yeah I'm also disappointed. Dana White's dumbass giving everybody that won a crappy decision or something like that on the contender series. Oh, let's give him a contract. So Jose Johnson wins the fight. He's 15 and seven fighter. He had to pull out of the fight that they tried to schedule him in November. Now he's pulled out of a fight again. Way to go, dumbass. Quit fucking giving everybody a contract off the contender, contender Series. I will always try to hype up the true Contenders, but I will also, like once we get to the summer, get back a Contender Series. When we get to the Ultimate Fighter coming up in a couple months, I am going to give everything shit where shit's due. Yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything say, just because I do watch the shit.
1: Much as a homer as I might be, I, I am going to say right now, going into it, I honestly got more entertainment out of the pictures of Cowboy Conor McGregor strolling into the tough fucking introduction filming than I have out of the announcement of anyone that's involved in the show. So, apparently, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help that fucking Chandler's bringing in Ryan Bader, but uh, yeah, no. And apparently, Connor's been hanging out with Wonder Boy too. Yeah, it's 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 going to be an interesting season for damn sure. They they're they're clearly putting more effort into this season than they have in a long time. But I just I'm not certain it's going to be quite enough to bring. Happy everybody. for another we'll local see.
2: guy. Who saw the leaks. We'll see if it's actually official. But Dakota Bush, supposed to be one of the guys on. Let's we'll see how he fucking does. Gonna we'll be rooting for him full on. I
1: would love but, to see uh, Harry get another shot.
2: Before we go, I know you're not feeling well, man. You may not want to talk a lot, but do you have anything, TJ, any can or contender you'd like to throw out?
0: I'll shortlist it, and you guys can figure out why. <laughs> Jordan Levitt.
2: Yep, I agree. You threw him out there myself. Yep, totally, 100%. And
0: um, contender that don't I think everybody is looking past and still looking past, even though he's ranked, Ryan Spann. I'm there, on the
2: fence about him, but I do hope he gets the win. I'd like to see the, how the dude is, to be happy He's an absolute animal.
0: Look at the fuck he did in his last fight out. Just one hitter quitter. The second shot was unnecessary, but you do it until the ref pulls you off. I get it. Just saying, he's a bad motherfucker in that light heavyweight class. There, there's something to be said there. He's putting people on notice. They're just not taking notice like they should.
1: I can agree with that. I can agree with that for sure.
2: All right. Good shit. That's it for me. Let's get on. (laughs) with
1: Good shit. Thank you very much, sir. So that will bring us to the only other segment of the show that requires its own independent disclaimer. So... tapology.com does not in any way shape or form endorse support or condone the behavior of the i'm no joe podcast yet that being said tapology.com does offer the ability for you to create a free account and pick fights just like we do what we're talking about here on the show uh Luckily enough, they also allow you to make groups where you can pick against each other, and we have created just such a group on Tapology. We call the group I'm No Bookie, all one word, or Group 965, however you need to search and find it. The group is open to the public, and anyone is more than welcome to join at any time and literally put your picks head-to-head directly against us here on the show, and we recap the results every week in a segment we lovingly refer to here as Tapology with TJ. All right, and like I said, I'm not feeling well, so I'm going to make this
0: very fucking quick, short, sweet, and to the point. To start with, we're going to go right back to last week on Drogon and Blanchfield. Um, one, elephant in the room, I'm going to call it right now. I didn't even get my dick out for a chance to trip over it last week. I forgot to put my fucking picks in. Shit happens. Um, now, with that being said... <laughs> Kind of glad I didn't, because by the looks of the shit, that fuckery that took place this last weekend, everybody did fucking horrible. Even our top spot, Vinny, coming in hot, two weeks in a row, tripping over his dick to take over the top spot. Well done, Vinny. Hats off to you. Some tag team action with his brother there. In the co-first place, Christian. Christian. Same exact fucking score. You guys must have been cheating off of each other because it looks the exact same across the board as far as points are concerned. I'm just saying. Were you doing your brother's homework for him or what? Or was he or was it the other way around? Because you guys have the exact same semi-perfects, the exact same decision, and the exact same amount of correct picks. There's some fuckery afoot there. No cheating off your neighbor's paperwork. Right. We're going to have uh, to start
2: uh, treating we're you like Lucas. Cheating. There's no cheating. It's just for once, he actually listened to the shit that I told
1: him. <laughs> hey, we'll have to start treating you like Lucas and make you hide all your fucking picks until the time of the fucking show goes live. Oh, we
2: sit <laughs> in the same room and do our picks together. We don't show them. There is still those points where he likes to just defer away from me. But, you know, I'm trying to reel him in from the really stupid ass picks. Like earlier today, he's trying to give me the ideas for when we do our podcast tomorrow morning, like uh, we do underdog picks. He's going for like Rafael Alves or uh, Eric Gonzalez against Trevor Peake. I'm like, come on. Why not a Brendan Allen? Give me something
0: realistic. Look, I'll I'll put it out there. I'm going to say it right now. Don would have beaten both of you had you not cheated off of each other's homework, that's how that works. He he was in a close second place, only fifteen points behind. Which really, that's one one fucking semi perfect, and that that would have been good. But then, um, we'll
2: see how it goes this week though, because he's 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 going real Benedict Arnold again. For what I'm
0: hearing, hey, <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? Maybe he takes the top spot again. Then you're gonna have to eat your fucking words. not it <laughs> Then, uh, unfortunately, because I didn't get a chance to trip over my dick, that made me trip over his dick this week, so um, he gets the wonderful gift running across the screen of himself. Um, but hopefully next Thank week it will not be me tripping over my dick, but I will get my picks and I'll do them at some point tomorrow. And also, follow-up, I just double-checked the OC's website. Tickets don't go on sale to the public until next Friday, March 3rd. I have my Fridays fucking mixed up. Sorry for getting your guys' fucking adrenaline all pumping tonight. My bad. It's next week. I did double-check while I was going through everything here. Uh, um, with that being said, if you want to come and join in on the picks, come join our group. It's a good time. We talk shit to each other, or I talk shit about everybody on my segment. You know, you'll get shit talked about you at some point, On, we'll talk shit about each other during the fights because it, it does happen. And then, um, We'll move that right on into this coming weekend's card of Nikita Krylov and Ryan Span as the main event with um, some odds. Now, I'm going to make this really, really quick. Everything except for two fights on the card are pretty much coin flips between 110, 130s to 205s, 175s, somewhere in there. That's basically where... All of the fights fall, so pretty much coin flips across the board. Not looking to make a lot of money on any of those. There are two fights, though, on this card that are still active that is possible to make some money off of. Um, the Montana De La Rosa and Tatiana Suarez fight, they've got Montana De La Rosa coming as a, in as a plus 550 underdog and a minus 750 favorite in Tatiana Suarez. Somebody's got the shit fucked up. However, I, apparently uh, Vegas uh, looks at it differently, but we've all seen Montana De La Rosa. Her boxing game has gotten stronger, and she's got a strong fucking jiu-jitsu game, so uh, I don't think those odds are quite right. Might be
1: some time to throw some money on De La Rosa. Quick hundred bucks, get you 550. Well, and that actually will, I didn't even think about it at the time, but now that we're talking about it, that will actually, that fight itself will put Jed Mishu's critically acclaimed theory to the test because I believe every single fight up until this coming weekend, as of right now, or at least on every card, flyweight unders have won their match. Yeah. Montana comes in as the flyweight underdog this weekend. Yeah, well,
2: in the sense of the under, it's, it's underdog or under, you know, rounds. Right. Either or. Yeah. So if Montana's either or, a big yeah, flyweight underdog, so. They, they count either or. Him yeah, and GC when they do this shot. Right. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get to meet him in Kansas City.
0: Right. The other fight that's got a pretty wide margin on it, not quite as wide as that, but close, is going to be the Carl Deaton and Joe Selecki fight. They've got Deaton coming in as a plus 410 underdog, and Joe Selecki as a minus 520 to minus 600, depending on where you're looking at. Um, also, that goes to mention Tatiana Suarez and then that goes up to a minus 800 plus 600, depending on where you're looking at. But um, those are two fights you can make some money on. Now I'm not going to tell you to bet on Carl Deaton because I don't think he's going to beat Joe Slacky, but I would tell you to bet on Montal and De La Rosa. If you've got 100 bucks to spare and you want to make 550 quick, it's a good way of doing it.
2: Have but you seen else? some of the guys that Quite Carl Deans fought, like the records? Yeah. It's crazy. Like 4-12 and 12 and fucking worse.
1: I was going to say, his resume makes Raul Rosa Jr.'s resume look spectacular.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't know who that person is, and I refuse to acknowledge them.
0: But yeah that'll take care of it though like I said mostly coin flips except for those two fights. so there you go join the group um, hopefully next week I'm feeling better and I'll talk more shit
1: <laughs> understandable thank you very much for your time sir always much appreciated uh, now a- as I mentioned earlier this weekend is in the most literal sense of the word a weekend of fights technically speaking there are a lot of fights scheduled for the weekend and they are fights and being as how i can't in good conscience say that they're good fights or that there are lots of good fights i also couldn't in good conscience make any of these guys risk their uh status in the pit on such a weekend of fuckery that being said though we do still have some scattered, very, very interesting matchups throughout the course of the weekend. Just to give you a quick little rundown here, tomorrow night at 7 Central, both the one fight night number seven, John Lineker versus Andraj two fight card kicks off and the BKFC 36 Adams versus Belcher card kicks off. Uh, And then Saturday at 10.30 a.m., because they got to have the one up, Bellator 291 kicks off. And then for no good fucking reason whatsoever, at three in the afternoon, the UFC's fight card at UFC 70 kicks off. Now, as I mentioned, none of these cards in their entirety are great, and I would not recommend you devoting all of your time to any one of those cards. But that being said, there are still appreciable gems tucked away within each of those cards. So instead of trying to put on a pit and make anybody defend this, I would just instead, excuse me, my words, uh, rather ask you gentlemen here, in your opinion best case scenario in their particular matchup biggest winner or on the other side biggest potential loser of the weekend in all of these fuckery matchups we've got going here
2: well i'll give both real quick the biggest loser to me is easy as shit and it's one you didn't even mention f-a-c The Fighting Alliance Championship here in Kansas City is the biggest fucking loser because you're trying to compete with BKFC in one championship because your card literally starts at 7 o'clock Central the same damn time as two huge professional promotions, and you're going to try to have it broadcast. I think it's on Fight Pass, actually. That's so. what I was
1: just going to ask. Did they get FAC back on Fight Pass? Last I heard, yeah, it still was I
2: know the prelims are going to be on MMA Futures on YouTube, and I do think that the main card is back on Fight Pass and should be live. So, hard to get people to want to tune into that when you right. got bare knuckle and you got one champion. One, yeah, see, yeah. But same time you know what were they gonna do wait till sunday probably should have nobody's right. gonna watch the other crap on Sunday but you know, so they're the biggest losers the biggest winners could very well be Bellator in my opinion now uh even for hardcore fight fans not a winner for the eighteen fights that's crazy yeah, like, well, yeah, I then, love fights, but that that's tough.
1: 18? I will say they're only saving grace for that monstrosity of a fucking ah. card they've got, is that there's only a five fight main card and then I believe they're doing a three fight post limb card as well, which they've been doing a lot lately. So at least right. the main card isn't going to be too terrible. Yeah, 18. I'm excited
2: I'm excited for a, quite a few fights on the Bellator card yeah. this weekend. The tough thing is it's going to be in the morning. I don't know if I'm going to get up and watch the first few fights. We're excited for the main event, uh, UFC, and uh, eh. so yeah, they're just in between. They're mid this week. It's better than last weekend. We'll give them that. We'll give them their respect. A lot of the fights are better. There's a lot more interest in the entirety of the card than last weekend. But I still don't think it's a good way to lead us up into next weekend upside. Next weekend's going to be fantastic with the UFC, and then six straight weeks after that, we get uh, crowds and great main events and great fights.
1: Hell oh, yeah, it's
2: going to be exciting, at least for a little bit. <laughs> if
0: you're looking for input right now, as in, I'm minimal this week Um, if anything I will watch the Belcher fight just because I do like Alan Belcher so BKFC will have me at least on that one I'm going to try to catch some of one tomorrow because one's got a small event going on and just like always I'll end up watching Bellator but I don't give two fucks about Bellator ever. In the <laughs> UFC, it's a double hangover weekend. Yeah, literally.
1: Yeah, that's that's literally why I named the the episode what I did here. This this is a hangover's hangover. It's literally a hangover from last week's hangover and a hangover pre hungover for next weekend's fucking pay per view card. As we've said time and time again, the UFC generally shits pretty hard on the card right before and right after. A pay-per-view and this just happens to be in that nice little crevice that catches a double shit so unfortunately it is what it is as they say uh so that being said um of the four cards i know what you guys are talking about while watching but which one do you think actually has the best potential main event we've got i see i i I'll say this with an asterisk because the one card is the only one that I can't definitively stand by here. The, the BKFC card Adams versus Belcher is a great fucking matchup. Uh, Bellator Amasaw versus Storley too. Cool fucking matchup. UFC Excuse me. UFC side of the house. Crylaw versus span. Interesting matchup. Now one FC is where the fuckery comes into foot because there always has to be some, the poster for this weekend's one FC the name of the event is Lineker versus Andraj. The poster has John Lineker and Andraj on it here. The problem is, is, is according to their own fucking website, in every listing that I can see, the main event is actually Linda Darrow versus Victoria Souza. So... That fuckery aside, they're calling it Lineker versus Andrade for a fucking reason. That's what we'll go with. But uh, which one one do you think gives us the most potential, oh shit, or the most excitement factor over the course of the weekend here?
2: I'm excited for Amosov and Storley, but um, if Storley has his way or goes the way that I think it could go, it could be a little bit more of a boring fight. I'm just excited to see Amosov back, you know. Uh, massive respect and hats off to the dude for helping serve his fucking country and that being the reason that he hasn't fought for a bit uh, obviously Ukraine still in a motherfucking war uh, yeah. so that, that, that there's excitement to it but it's more of a storyline the, the actual excitement I see we can get like fireworks wise, Kree love and Spin. Span comes out there like we've seen him not just in his last two fights, but anytime he's looked good. And then Krylov has any sort of explosiveness to him as well. This could be a war, not just like I I love those kind of fights. We haven't got him a lot. I don't think we've had like one really great five round fight this year, aside from the Islam and Volkanovski fight. That fight was fan-fucking-tastic. So I'm completely fine with a completely mid-card all the way up to a five-round war where both guys just go back and forth. This is what I ask for every week. never happens. But uh, I'm looking forward to Span getting a big finish or a five-round war. I mean, if either one of those things happens, it's probably the most exciting thing for me this week.
1: I can see that um, I, as much as I would like to agree. I, I, I will say I do agree with uh, your, your bellator assessment there. I think the fact that Yaroslav Amosov has not defended his belt for so long because he was literally wearing a uniform, carrying a fucking machine gun, serving as a soldier in war in Ukraine, defending the Russian invasion is one of the most admirable fucking reasons you can fucking have. It's, It's We talk about it all the time. It's super fucking honorable and it's super respectable. The South Korean fighters who will legitimately give up years of their prime because they have mandatory service and they have no fucking questions about going and doing it without hesitation and then coming right back. We've seen several of them do it now. It's fucking awesome to see them do it. But it's a little bit different when it's an active fucking war zone and you are literally putting on a fucking helmet and a fucking vest and grabbing your machine gun and burying your fucking world championship belt wrapped in a fucking canvas sack under floorboards in a house so you can go fucking fight Russian invasions. That's a whole nother level of badassery in my opinion. So I am very fucking stoked to see that. But I absolutely agree. Logan Storley has an MO of wrestle fucking fights into boredom city. But the one that I am almost 100% certain will be 0% boring this weekend is Arnold Adams versus Alan Belcher. Alan Belcher, for whatever reason, just could not seem to make the traction when he had the chance in MMA that he has gotten since he took the fucking gloves off and walked over to the bare knuckle side of the house. And that man is fucking terrifying of fucking example of an athlete here. So Arnold Adams, I will say this, he has the belt. That's about all the good I can say for him. So I don't see any way that this fight makes it five fucking rounds, even in the shorter BKFC rounds. I'm pretty sure this fight's over in under a minute or so, and it's going to be exciting no matter which one of them ends up falling down. But one of these gentlemen is going to be unconscious in under two minutes. I'm fairly confident. Yeah, that,
0: that's about where I stand on that. That BKFC fucking main event is going to be fucking wild, because uh, somebody is going to go to sleep, and I'm not sure who's going to be. Although, the way that Belcher's looked since he's come into BKFC, there's a fucking strong chance that uh, we don't see Adams get out of there alive. Which, I mean, with BKFC, that shit it goes batshit crazy. I mean, if you watched last week, we thought we had a fucking knockout, and then dude comes back and one hitter quitter. And yeah, it, it's was, a wild event over there. Uh, it so. gets crazy in BKFC for damn sure. <laughs> but if if we're talking excitement to watch just a main event this weekend, I have to go with the Bellator main event. because watching a guy who is fresh out of combat, and, and I don't mean hand to hand combat. I mean getting shot at. His life's on the fucking line every day. Come to come back into a fist fight. Dude, do you know how fucking calm he's going to be?
1: Yeah, this is nothing for him. There's this no chance of death. The
0: <laughs> there is... Okay, let me rephrase that. There is very minuscule chance of death because you have somebody in there to protect you should shit go awry. Logan Storley better pray to God he can hum the fuck out of him. Because if he can't, it's going to be a long night in the fucking park. He's going to learn about fucking Ukraine and why those Ukrainians are so goddamn tough holding off the giant-ass fucking country of Russia outside of what the U.S. is sending them, of course. But it's not necessarily the shit that's there. It's the people that's telling you something. That's some tough motherfuckers. Good luck at a 26-0 Amoslav Um, Starley, you got a fucking tall task out of you. I'm excited just because, you know what? War fighters do not get the recognition that they deserve. And in a case like this, he will get every bit of recognition he deserves. Oh, yeah. Especially if he goes and stomps a fucking mud hole in him, walks him dry, and then grabs the mic and tells Putin to go fuck himself with a big black dildo, guess what? I will fucking die and go to heaven on that fucking night and be the happiest camper in the world, knowing that he said that. I just wish some of those guys would just have that wherewithal to just say shit like that. Go fucking die in a hole, Putin. That would be the greatest post-fight interview ever. He doesn't have to say anything else.
1: Yeah. Just something, Mr. Putin. You lost. Go home. Some something. Just drop a fucking or just leave a mic drop fucking moment because that's the yeah. time to do it.
0: I, I'm I'm hoping that happens, and just to, there there's something about that that just screams fucking excellence. And yeah. don't me wrong, I'm excited to see the Nikita Krylov and Ryan span over in the UFC you know, on Saturday as well, but that just doesn't compare to the amount of fucking craziness that it takes to get out of a war zone go train and knowing that his cu- his country allowed it his country allowed it because they had a no men leaving policy you will fight yep. they allowed it because they know that that world stage that he's on can bring a lot more eyes to the country smart on their eyes but also that's a fucking tall task and the whole country is on your shoulders in there for a short moment. But You're then right. again, you ain't going to get blown up. You're not going to get shot. Uh should be a pretty calm fight for him, but that takes nothing away from the UFC card and Ryan Spann and Nikita Krylov because that ought to be a wild one. Krylov is a fucking wild card. Yeah. Ryan Spann's been on an absolute tear lately, and I think he's put the division on notice especially after his last win, so... Just saying there there's some eyes all around when it comes to main events. Now the one nobody did talk about is the the one I've seen. I mean we briefly touched on it and that's if the John Leneker and Fabricio Andrade are still is still ongoing or not. That's right. that also is gonna fall into the well what if John Lineker doesn't fucking make weight again because you know the hydration yeah the hydration test and all that shit should be Yeah, fucking screwed the pooch on last time. But, you know, that's going to be Andrade working quickly and Lineker looking to land bombs just like the last fight was, which should be exciting as is.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. That and the fact that John Lineker came out during the media day today and said his only request for this fight is that Andrade make a point to try not to kick him in the balls this time. Like that extra little fuck you dig at the press conference is the kind of shit that I giggle about. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the fight. I'm also excited that John Lineker still got that fucking edge. Just nice little polite. Fuck you in the media day as well. That's it's, it's going to be fun one to watch for damn sure. Um, But that being said, that is pretty much all we have got for this particular episode. Like I said, there are technically fights tomorrow and Saturday night, and I encourage you to watch as many as possible. But I understand if you're not able to, it's a lot, and it's a whole lot to deal with. Um, That being said, uh, if you like what we get up to around here, Every Thursday night that there are fights over the weekend at 9:30-ish Central Standard Time, youtube.com/slash I'm no joe. We are here live giving you our thoughts, our predictions, our breakdowns for all the punchy, kicking goodness that comes across the weekend. The week after over on Anchor.fm slash I'm No Joe, the all audio version of the podcast comes down for you guys to pick up on your podcast consumption platform of choice. Please make sure you are subscribed and your notifications are turned on for all podcast platforms or video platforms so you don't miss any of our uploads. If you do like what we get up to around here. Patreon.com slash I'm no joe is the best way to help us do what we do around here. For as little as $1 a month, you get your name as a thank you in the end of every single broadcast that goes down on the channel, as well as access to unaired and literally unairable content, things that we legally had to put behind a paywall. Now, I'm not trying to say... We're too hot, but we're spicier than Chinese spy balloons, according to OnlyFans anyway. So the dollar is well spent, I assure you. That being said, uh, if you don't like what we get up to around here, first and foremost, what the fuck are you still doing this deep into a podcast you don't enjoy? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, this might seem like it, but it is not the end. Because though we wrap things up here, on the show thursday night first thing damn near every friday morning you can look forward to over on spreaker.com slash slow bacon contemplate the brothers christian and Vin Dog, the booty hog have their own podcast kicking ass and taking names friday morning talking about all things intellectual glass wise punchy kicky and just how life shakes loose also, catch both of those fine gentlemen over there on Instagram, SlowBig420 and the Hashbowl Brothers. Links down in the description as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time.
2: Appreciate that, brother. And of course, if anybody doesn't know, shit continues on once we get past the weekend and get into the next week. Everybody's favorite day, hump day, right? You got to make sure you check out the brother TJ, the brother Golf T Vapes. You can go to Golf T Vapes. On any of his social media platforms, give him a follow, show some love, and then check out, you know, the Foggy Fairway about 9.30 every Wednesday night on Golf Team Vapes' YouTube channel. I'm sure uh, everything's down in the description as well for that, for you to be able to have some links to be able to find him and shit. Make sure you give the brother a tune on fucking Wednesday nights.
0: Even though I'm sick, I'm not going to fuck this up. If you want to know what the meter does, because the meter does do many things, you can go down below, click on linktree slash the meter does many things to find out all of the things that the meter does. Again, that's linktree slash the meter meter does many things. Jesus Christ. I'm going to fuck it up. I'm sick. Well. At least there was no dot com.
1: Fuck it, I'm out. I was going to say, you made it through another one without a dot com. So we're still making progress as far as I'm concerned. Goddamn. (laughs) Oh, that being said, um, As always, links for everybody's social link for all the good stuff is all down below. Uh, If you did somehow miss it, scrolling across the bottom of the entire episode here during the little good times down at the bottom is the link to our discord server as well. The I'm no Joe channel has its very own discord server. We've got channels for all sorts of fight stuff going on in there. News things that don't quite make it to the show generally get dropped over there. Reminders to lock your topology picks get put over there. Things like that, as well as... The slow bacon Contemplate boys have their very own channel over on the I'm No Joe server as well. So you can also hop in and chat with those fine folks. But that being said, all the links are down below for you fine folks to check us out. But that is all we have got for this particular episode. So until next time, boys and girls, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Unless it's thinking now is a good time to get into the hobby balloon industry.
0: How do I say goodbye
1: To what we have The good times